What's up, everybody? And welcome. Welcome to today's Swolecast. It's not even off-season Swolecast. It's just, it's preseason Swolecast. We have a game tomorrow, Hall of Fame game. I know everyone is like tuning in, like, where they, like, what kind of showdown analysis are they going to give for this game? Well, that's why we brought Eric Byam for on the show. He is going to break it all down for us. Right, Eric? I don't even know who plays. I don't even know who's playing. <laughs> All right. One of the teams is Dallas. The other team is? Pittsburgh? Y- the Yinzers. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I, I Wait, I thought, Eric, I thought Spike Week was uh, a Hall of Fame showdown <laughs> dedicated site, and that's what the community was you're building. Was I, am I wrong on that? Yeah, there's hundreds of people grinding out Ben DiNucci film, <laughs> film takes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly, no, I really, I didn't know who, <laughs> I, I don't even think I realized that there was a game tomorrow until, I mean, yeah. before this, but right. not, but not that long ago. Games, uh, start tomorrow and then we'll have games Lord willing, for the rest of the season up until February. So, uh, we, we are here I'd like to, uh, thank, or I'd like to bring on Eric Byme for creator of spike week. You guys probably have, uh, have heard of it, Eric, uh, Peter was giving you a hard time about the release of Spike Week. I want to give you the floor just to kind of go ahead and tell the people why it's there and uh, and why Peter can shove it. Well, Peter can always shove it, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so taking a super like quick quick step back, I I don't think anyone first saw what was happening in this best ball space. I I, I certainly I did. didn't. I, I, I did. did. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like you have seen it with <laughs> Top Shot. Uh, I I I like dove full full you know full steam into the best ball stuff in May or something like that. Just because I really kind of believed in it and believed that it was gonna gonna take off, and we kind of had it as like a little side project underneath the RG umbrella. Just like this was gonna be my my thing to try to kind of tackle and it just like i mean it, it it exploded it absolutely exploded um you know even just like i, I can tweet a, a a christian mccaffrey screenshot team and get like hundreds of replies you know on twitter just the people there's there's a thirst for this best ball stuff and underdog is filling these contests so fast and so we kind of uh really sped up our timeline uh with with launching a, a best ball standalone product with spike week and so um uh Alyssa hopefully she's not not listening to this or earmuffing you know I'm we're, we're on our delayed honeymoon and I'm trying to like go as fast as I can to get uh, the discord spun up and all that kind of stuff so you know it hasn't been uh the simplest of of launches uh, but the discord is is up and running and we're going to get you know the full-fledged site up up here pretty shortly in a day or two very nice um you know, it's easier to launch something, I, I say, like a few weeks before it ends so that you have it for the following season. So that's why I would tell Pete to uh, to shove it. Pete? I, I love Spike Week. I was just yeah. joshing with Eric yeah. on there. But I should someone kind of tell him kind of what happens to properties underneath the better collective umbrella that are kind of self-branded, but yet loosely affiliated with it. Um, it's kind of like the Island of Misfit Toys and we're, we're glad to have you over here with us, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Spike week, Swolecast, uh, fantasy Will. insiders, <laughs> Darren Bell, bring fantasy. all the things that they kind of just Bell, put over here yeah. on the side. <laughs> uh, so uh, listen, Davis, you were talking before the show, go ahead and tell the people your exercise routine has ramped up, uh, and, preparation for the season starting 
Well, I mean, to be clear, I was always doing some weightlifting in addition to the Stairmaster. And by the way, anyone who says that like the Stairmaster is not good cardio, you're so full of it. It's, it is elite cardio, dude. That's what the bodybuilders do. Like at the gym, like you always see the buff guys on the Stairmaster. I'm pro Stairmaster anti-elliptical. That's my take. I never, I never actually do the elliptical. I do. So you go with stage photos on the elliptical? (laughs) When have I ever given, taken a photo on the elliptical? It's never happened. All you do is send me photos of you on the elliptical nonstop. No, you I do. Did, you did used to t- talk about like when you were at your prestigious golf club, Jim, um, going on the elliptical. God, dude, I miss that place. 35 yeah. bucks a month for all you can play golf in a crappy little gym. Not going to find a deal like that. Can I introduce you to Planet Fitness? <laughs> no, thank you. No, Literally no thank the you. black membership. You can bring our guests every single time. I How feel often like they're... you show up for the free pizza, Dave. Go to planetfitness.com uh, promo code. Promo code swole. Are they going to be renaming it Planet Delta Variant here sometime soon? <laughs> That's why I'm getting, uh, I got breaking news today. Hop back on the Peloton and uh, we're still, we're still grinding. So uh, Pele season starting for, for me. I got to get back to it. Yeah, I got to get, I got to get back. Well, you to know, it. this really is a time of year where people generally find they have lots of time on their hands. There's not really anything else to be like focused on or thinking yeah. about. So, so I'm glad this is like such a, you know, it's, it's just a pretty clear calendar for old soccer Dave. Well, the reality is that the, uh, the family went out of town for uh, five days. And so I have more time to myself. What, what do we think di- soccer Dave's diet is like when Holly and his children are out? Like, what it's, do we, what it's better. I promise <laughs> you, it's, I promise you it's better because it's not like, it's not like going to Wendy's or wherever else, like on the run. Like it's, it's like, I've got my frozen meals. I'm putting it into my fitness pal. Like it's better than with kids because kids are always looking for treats. And you know me, if I'm getting the kids a treat, daddy's getting <laughs> me a treat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of treats, we've got Eric buying for on this show. <laughs> Look at that fishing. tall drink of water, Eric buying for fresh <laughs> off of his vacation. Where were you, Eric? What was it like? Did you enjoy some Mai Tais? actually that's funny that's funny that you that you bring that up it was i mean this is like sickening this is one of the first things that i come back to from the the bahamas like i mean st louis missouri davis can attest to it like coming back from an island you know beautiful vacation to st louis missouri and talking about you know what's the value of a, a third round deandre swift with all these sickos on twitter all day around the clock it has been uh you know, uh, it's been a, an eye opener for what my life has become basically over the last week and a half. It's real tough. So, were, you, yeah. uh, were you seriously not drafting on vacation or not drafting as much? Not, not drafting at all. I can't, I, I don't do, I, Davis and I were talking about it before. I don't really do slow drafts. I might do it like at the end of when things are about to wrap, wrap up and kind of pile in a bunch of slow drafts just to get more entries in, but I don't really do slow drafts and you can't draft like underdog and everything's not, not legal in the Bahamas. So. I am shocked that you didn't just register for like 50 slow drafts and then uh, have those waiting for you uh, on vacation. I would have been going through withdrawals. It was a conscious decision that like 
do I want to enjoy this vacation with, with my wife and like go back actually still married basically? Like, yeah. Or do I, have, I or do I want to be thinking about Brian Edwards helium yeah. inflated ADP? <laughs> and following all the the early camp reports, right? Like uh, that it, it was it was I got the itch the whole like towards the end. I'm seeing all you guys tweeting about you know CD Lamb highlights and all this stuff, but uh, it was it was it was worth it. It was it was worth it passing on it for a few days. You know what I like? Drafting Damian Williams later on in uh, in best ball drafts. How is his kitchen co-opting this Damian Williams thing? Dude? Yeah, like See, what this I- is this is the key to engagement. So I log on, <laughs> I log on, I immediately see like three tweets, like Davis, Leone, whoever else, like Im- like put in all their like Damian Williams love, and I'm like, I'm just gonna throw it out there, just like tongue in cheek. Well, then everybody started liking it and like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, well, we just well, when soccer Dave, when soccer Dave says everyone likes it, let's, let's take some Laden things guesses. How do we, how many likes this is, do we this think? This is six well, likes. Comparatively max. speaking, let's do percentage. Let's do like X, X amount of like the regular tweets. Like, you know what? T- for, for a soccer Dave tweet that doesn't actually include my at handle, it actually was good. It got 20 tweets or 20 faves, which is pretty wow. big for soccer yeah. Dave. And and the engagement, too, for people replying like, let's go. Like, yeah. Or like, <laughs> no, I know who to fade in my drafts. Like, Buy for uh, it. Fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. My town. So, Belt, dude, Belair fell for it, too. So if you think this bit is going to stop here, no, I'm matting so, it right into the ground. This is a new thing. This is a good social media strategy. I think we call it take tailing. You just tail the the kind of yeah. popular take that has good headwind. The the one from yesterday was these two and Leone saying Darrell Henderson is such a good value right now right. in the fifth. So I think you pop on here after and say, I think Darrell Henderson still isn't going high enough, guys. Hundred yeah. likes. Yeah. So we just like it that, just that get tweet the- could get a hundred likes. A, a super bold, like a super bold Daryl. Like Daryl Henderson actually is a first round value take would would do numbers right now. Yeah, but you need the video. You got to go find a, a you know, Davis. Kitchen, Davis has kitchen, mastered the video. Kitchen is not Kitchen is not willing to put in the work that I am. Like every morning on my on my little to do, like Pete has is big on the to do list. Every morning on my to do list is curate a highlight video of some guy I like drafting and put it out. <laughs> it it normally be about nine thirty Central Time in the morning. That's like. 20 responses, three retweets, 85 faves every morning guaranteed. You're micro scheduling that, but haven't submitted your better collective time card for four months. <laughs> that is inaccurate. I've submitted it every month, but I just happened to be a little bit late this week, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, are we going to enter a draft? Because last time it took like way too long and we had to well, cut we, it off at the if end. If we do it, we literally all have to have the screen up and and like do it. I'm, I'm ready. I got my finger I'm, on the... I'm ready too. Buying four? Go for it. Three. One, two, two, three. Three. Oh, this it's gonna it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Do five it. more to start. It said five more to start. Yeah. All right. Oh my god. I really I really didn't think that was gonna work. I can't wait to pwn you guys in a <laughs> who who gets the influencer 101? Who's getting the influencer 101? Dave. Oh man. It'll be Dave, of course. <clears throat> wow, the puppy draft not filling in 13 seconds. Uh might be bearish on under Mar- market hey, market it. market crash market crash <laughs> I, and i legit did i legit did get uh for people saying that like 
I'm not being genuine. You know, obviously the whole disingenuous thing, uh, the tag has been applied to the swell cast before. Uh, I will say that my last puppy draft, I did draft Damian Williams later on in drafts. So, wow. A real, a real genuine tout. Yeah. While we're, uh, it looks like Peter got the fourth overall. Um, we've got Davis seventh, uh, Eric eighth and me at number 10. So I don't, I don't recognize any of these dudes. I recognize um, I Kesms. He's like, uh, one of the, who's an older guy. I did. I did six drafts this morning with Justin Herzig's bot. He's auto drafting these, but I, I know what Herzig's settings are. And I've been back to back with him twice. And so I've been able to like know what his computer is going to take, which was, it was nice. That was a nice little, that was a nice little thing to have happened this morning. I obviously respect Herzig a ton, but I was hopping in a bunch of drafts to see how many I could get in there with him because like you said, I know exactly what he, what he's going to do. Like, I, like he's, he's not correlating. He's not, you know, he's just trying to mash 150 in, which I get, but like, so I'm like, dude, I know what, I, I know what one of these 12 people are going to do. This is the only time this is ever going to happen. Like you said, if I'm next to him in the, in the draft, this is actual an actual advantage that I can take that I can use. Peter, do you think he's a fish as well? Do I think Justin Herzig is a fish? I'm yeah. on record looking right into the camera. <laughs> Justin Herzig is the ultimate fish. <laughs> All right. Oh. Um, I also just want to say, oh, Devonte Adams goes three. Okay, it's going to be that kind of room. Um, <laughs> I'm going to snipe the big dog from Soccer Dave. Wow. I will say, guys, Can't quit him. If you guys could congratulate me uh, as three no badgers, I believe in the past 12 hours, I received uh, my experience badge on underdog kind of shocked that buying four isn't there. Honestly, what do you have to do? How many drafts? Yeah. What do you have to do? You have to be an influencer. You have to be good at best ball. You got to do a bunch of them. (laughs) You're not. Okay. I had my, I had my badge last year. Does it, does it not carry over year to year? What do you mean? You didn't the badge should carry over, right? It, it didn't because I, I mean, I had it last year. Oh man, I do not want to take Saquon. Oh, geez. This is how you know Soccer Dave is a lemming because he is you're going to draft as close to ADP as possible just so he doesn't do anything ridiculous in this. I can guarantee it right now. Go out on a limb. Soccer Dave will be real nice to whatever you do. Saquon yeah. Barkley. <laughs> oh, geez. Are you going to, are I, you going to hand, are you going to handcuff him with Devontae Booker? <laughs> <laughs> I handcuff him with uh five giants wide receivers, Evan Ingram and Daniel Jones. And just that sounds like uh a dog pile at Giants camp right there. That's what we call that. <laughs> Dude, the Giants, like it's like it seems not even real how bad they are. Like everything that comes out of Giants training camp, like he, they've had three players retire already. Three who are just like, you know what? I'm not putting up with this. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Isn't it funny though, that everything that's coming out of giants camp is basically the same thing as everything that's coming out of lions camp, but everybody is like obsessed with what with Dan Campbell, Campbell is, is saying, you know, like they're saying the same stuff, except the giants are pummeling Daniel Jones on the, on the bottom of a, of a pile, but it's the same thing. And everybody's excited for this lions. Nonsense. Oh, I just got the dog pile joke. <laughs> Soccer, Man. soccer Dave just took AJ Brown at two, three, a real zero RB truther. He had to yeah. get his Titans quota. I took him. I took him in the last draft as well. And then I was excited about getting Julio. And then Julio went like two, six, like way, like. Damn tough, early. tough scenes here. I was just going to take Gibson. All right. Take, take Taylor. 
No. Fine, I'll take <laughs> him. You can have him. I, oh, I, wow. uh, Colts, Colts players, I'm out. I, Hines is the only one I'm taking now. I'm, I'm out on all of them. I'm going to actually go for the most high T start here if I don't get sniped. This is literally the most possible Dude, high T start. Dude, don't you don't do it. No way. I'm doing it. Yes, I'm doing it. I'm out here. I have to be the change I want to see in the world. I told people to start <laughs> drafting running backs that don't catch passes. Someone's got to do it. Oh, Let's the go. FFPC grinder. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Eric Henry, Nick Chubb, shove it. Oh, what if one of your running backs gets hurt? <laughs> what if one of my running backs doesn't catch a single pass all year? <laughs> combined, combined, combined receptions for Chubb and Henry, seventeen. But I mean, uh, well, both of those guys with a touch on equity. You talk about spike weeks, Eric. Kitchen loves this start for me. I can tell. <laughs> kitchen like is like Kitchen is it. like fanning himself. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I have this awesome haircut where uh, the air gets me easily. Um, okay, so we're talking about starts. Who you got, Erica, to start? Dixon Gibson. This is just super not not unique for me. A lot. This is how I yeah. start a lot of drafts. Okay, Davis. Um, uh, I started Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, which also is not a unique start for me. I, I do that a lot. Right. Are we doing uh, show and tell? I started Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, and Keenan Allen, which is a ooh. very unique start for me. You just got Keenan Allen. Very nice. What are your thoughts on Keenan Allen this, this year, Eric? I'm kind of down on, on Keenan. Not, not Keenan, to use a, a, a Pete phrase, in, in a vacuum. I think he's, 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 he's fine. But he goes in a range where I, I just like all the other wide receivers around him, up, you know, ceilings better. Like, I mean, CeeDee Lamb goes after him and Allen Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson goes after him, and and he goes right after like DK and AJ Brown and that, and, and Justin Jefferson. And and like his his quarterback goes in a terrible range too, where I'm not wanting like a lot of the times it's like Russell Wilson or Justin Herbert, and like okay, even for the stack, I would just rather like I would just rather have Russell Wilson. Yep. All right, I don't know. Uh, I'm on. See, what do you got, Kitchen? Ooh. What do you have, Dave? Oh man, I mean, I, I obviously I've got Saquon and and ajb but now i don't want to draft deandre swift i don't he's definitely want to taking do julio jones like one million percent he's clicking julio here julio Tannehill at the wrap you gotta like yes <laughs> i gave it away less i mean when i was talking about wanting to draft julio in the third in my last draft so yeah how many titan super stacks do you have where every pick is like 20 picks ahead of adp <laughs> <laughs> J- Josh Reynolds, sixteenth round. It Josh worked out last year. That's all I'm gonna. Some? That's all I'm gonna say is that my Titans stacked worked out last year. So well, well, everyone is just drafting last year's strategy that worked. Everyone is just copying and pasting this the strategy that worked from last year. I was telling Leona yesterday the win rate stuff when everyone goes back and looks at it is going to be so fascinating because all of the things that are baked into the win rates we are looking at that exist now are that people were drafting bad. They were drafting bad running backs way too high. And now on underdog, they are not. And now on other other places, running back ADP is still bad, but it's mostly close to efficient on underdog. So I think when, like, it's possible that, like, Chris Carson can have a pretty average year, but be a positive win rate player and things like that because of how heavy people are drafting wide receivers. Did you see... Um the report on racy mcmath as we're talking about the titans 
Davis, because you're you're a big Racy McMath fan. I is that the the LSU tight end? <laughs> no, what an idiot! All right, I'm gonna draft Swift. I can't I can't not draft Swift in the fourth round. Come on. Um, no, Racy Mc, start. Racy McMath is the uh, Titans. Like I mean, he was like a sixth or seventh round draft pick. I don't know, but AJ Brown said he kind of reminds him of. Julio Jones. So for those deep Titan stacks, AJ Brown, notoriously great evaluator of talent. Well, you know, he plays with age with, uh, with Julio. So why, I mean, who better to trust with those opinions? Let's talk about some other news and notes as Peter's about to be uh, drafting Jalen Rager got absolutely ripped today. On second team reps, Davis. As a I mean, Raider what, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna as do? As a Raider gonna... stand, like are, like do, does that influence your opinion at all? Or does that make you even more bullish on Rager this year? I mean, I'm just gonna keep like Rager right now is going after guys who are like drawing dead to be meaningful fantasy yep. players. Like he is going in a range with Nelson Aguilar, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. I actually do like Terrace Marshall Jr. who is going in that range, but like Devonta Smith is going to miss three weeks of camp. I mean, I like Travis Fulgham. I, I think Fulgham should be a little bit more expensive, but no, I'm not worried. Like I don't, an August 4th report about Jalen Rager getting yelled okay. at. So not, you're even, so just go on record and say you're even more bullish on, on Rager. <laughs> you cannot have that on the record. I am the standard amount of bullish on Jalen Rager uh peter what about you as far as like you're you're helping to to like write a daily newsletter you're on the you're on the clock by the way you shoot three running backs and a wide receiver what a fish this guy my i'm gonna win the puppy with only okay. three running backs none of which catch passes that is <laughs> the mission i've decided today and now we must see it through uh what you, were you asking me dave what i think about jalen rager or no well just about these like you're you're helping to write like a daily newsletter. Yeah. So you're looking over these uh these camp bits like pretty pretty closely. How much does that influence your own process? So I uh, I mean there's huge confirmation bias, you know, when you see stuff, but honestly it's been pretty instructive when, you know, you click a Roto World blurb, a RotoWire blurb, even someone's blurb that they pull from an athletic article or whatever. Like I heard Davis you reference that Chiefs one where they're talking about McKinnon and like, it gets me more excited to draft McKinnon by the lead and what people are sharing. And then you go and read the article and it's literally just like, yeah, he looks fine out there. Like Mahomes is excited to have him on the team. And you're like, there's literally nothing here, like whatsoever that actually says anything meaningful, but those are the blurbs that get circulated. But I, I'm worried they're mentioning McKinnon at all because there was no mention of DeAndre Washington last year. There was no mention of Darwin Thompson. Like they were, these guys were not being touted. Like I, I am officially worried McKinnon is going to be not a thing into himself, but that he is going to really hurt CH's upside, which is a bummer as I take CH in the second round. <laughs> also Davis, the other day I tried looking for the dead legs quote. I could only find tired legs is dead legs. Your punch up on that story. 
It was definitely said at some point by not me. Like it was, I, I did not, I would not have come up with that on my own. I don't think. I went hunting for it to try to find the origin of that. And all I could find was tired legs. And I was like, swear to God, Davis, this is like a slander campaign against McKinnon. Dead I, legs versus tired legs is wildly different. I believe, I believe the origination of the dead legs quote is inside a paywall article on the athletic that was quoted <laughs> on NBC sports edge as tired legs. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's, that's a lie too. All right. So Eric, talk, you just drafted ETN in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. You like this guy. Yeah. It's funny. <clears throat> uh, pumping Pete's show ship chasing. We talked about ETN and like Javante and some of these guys uh, over the course of the last month or whatever. And I was like a little wishy-washy on, on ETN. I think I fell into a little bit of the urban mire is a total gut trap. And uh, I, I mean, I still think that's like a legitimate concern, but I don't think it should be a concern in terms of us betting on, on Travis Etienne. And so just listen to like, you know, just some smart people kind of talk about Etienne and, and he's a bet that I, that I want to make. And, and there's a weird kind of pocket in this draft now in that fifth round where like all the receivers are gone and, yep. and he, he falls into this perfect spot that I'm, I'm trying to take him a little bit more than like I was previously. Yeah, I thought in Leone recently had this really good article deconstructing all of the kind of structural data for last year and what type of players were in winning zero RB and hyper fragile builds. And the rookies do really well in the zero RB builds. And it makes sense because they finish stronger. You piece together your Naheem Hines, your Dady McKissicks later. And then these guys come on late and supercharge your team in the playoffs where the hyper fragile builds, the reason you saw the Josh Jacobs, the Todd Gurley's, in there is because you do need the quote unquote usable weeks at the start. You just need that production. And ETN isn't as great of like a hyper fragile running back pick, but he's an awesome zero RB or anchor RB pick. Yeah. And I like to use those guys in like, yeah, anchor, anchor RB, hero RB, whatever, because if I am getting some like, and I think you're going to get something out of ETN even early in the year, right? Like some kind of pass catching role, whatever. So like, maybe I just use that small score, you know, at my RB two spot for, for a while, or, like to, you know, to your point, I can piecemeal it together with, with James White, right. With Gus Edwards, with whoever. And then by week eight, when, when ETN's really popping and he, and he's the man, now we're off to the races. The yep. three, the three fish in this room decided that we don't care about, uh, about Joe Burrow looking like total trash at practice because I took Chase, Bime Ford took Higgins and Pete just took Tyler Boyd. So apparently yeah. none of us, None of I, us uh, feel strongly that uh, he actually looks bad in practice. I passed on Boyd for DJ Shark. So, it because of the blurb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're if you're really out here hunting your blurbs, Roster Watch has been at Jags practice, and he said he wouldn't take DJ Shark in any fantasy league, even in the twentieth round. Even in the Alex 20th, said he said, that? he said he'd t- he said he'd take Colin Johnson over him. Oh man, he didn't say that part, oh, baby. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Colin Johnson's a big dude. You never know. Colin Johnson I, I, was good. Was good at Texas. I've got a Pete got me on was. some 18th round yeah. Colin Johnson. Him and him and Fulgham, I feel like, uh, are those late picks that could just be very good right out of the gate. The the one I, again, you're stealing. You're stealing from me. I started taking Cedric Wilson. 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Cedric Wilson is hella obvious. Like, he yes. should, you should just be taking that dude all the time. Dude, Kitchen, there's a take tale for you. Cedric Wilson should be super obvious as a late <laughs> round dart throw. That's 100 likes right there. James man. James Washington also should be. James, like, the, the three Steelers wide receivers all go top 80, but James Washington goes undrafted in these. Like, James Washington is the most obvious. Like, you should just be taking that dude. People don't think of wide receivers as like handcuffs or like injury replacements, but they really should. We were just talking about rookie running backs. Um, wanted to talk about, I was listening to in Harditz where he was talking about uh, Javante Williams being a guy. He didn't say league winner, but kind of said like kind of sounds a guy that could be immediately the you know, the, the starter, like almost like Denver wants him to be the starter drafted higher up in, in, in the, uh, in last year's draft, they were looking to cut Melvin Gordon, basically, if he was found guilty of this, this DUI, you know, they, they want to get rid of him. Thoughts on Javante this year, Eric. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Javante's in a relatively similar spot to, to ETN, but kind of like the inverse ETN looks like he's definitely going to have some sort of pass game role, but he needs to grow into, you know, the full workhorse role. Whereas, like you said, with Melvin, assuming to be on the roster, Melvin probably, even if Javante takes the early down role, Melvin gets third downs, maybe even a little goal line, whatever. But I mean, how many times do we got to watch Melvin Gordon turn what should be big plays into four yard carries, you know, every single year before Javante finally takes over and to the continued training camp puff pieces and hype tweets and all that. I think it was something today that they basically said like every day, Javante just looks. Yeah, they did. They said, they said he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not making any of the rookie mistakes or anything like that. They, they've been I super think, complimentary. If this goes back to the blurb thing, because then it was two days ago, Benjamin Albright, uh, say of him what you will. He was saying it's not even close. Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon is, is the RB one right there. So it's like, you know, all these reports which I, which I think is true i think yeah. both, i actually think both those things are true i think melvin gordon is for sure gonna get 18 touches when denver plays in week one but i also think that the coaching staff probably thinks javon like i think both of those things are true and i actually think it's possibly a rare actionable one or at least like something that maybe we should consider because they they talked about like he looks good in pass pro we trust him, you know, we trust him in all these scenarios already, which is, that's the hurdle, right? Like that was even like the hurdle for Antonio Gibson last year. It's like, we know Antonio Gibson can catch passes, but he wasn't trustworthy in like on every passing down with pass protection and all that kind of stuff. And so like, if they're talking about that with Javante, that, that just opens up an easier path to a, to a ceiling, which is really all that we care about. Yeah. Yeah. Javante feels like that classic, <clears throat> similar to Jonathan Taylor, where <clears throat> his production isn't going to be great at the start of the season, but man, if he dusts Melvin Gordon by the end, I mean, he could be just a full blown bell cow back Broncos actually have a nice playoff schedule too. So I could see that lining up nicely, but also uh, we know Davis is like distaste for Oh, Eric. That was brutal, dude. I needed, I needed, I needed Waddle, but like talk you, about the dolphins at, at, at you've at got the, point, cause they're all cheap. They're my they're my favorite. They're my most stacked team in puppy two now. I'm just I'm sniping up to a Waddle Fuller and just every draft pretty much. Preston Williams. Yeah, I think 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 that Albert might get Wilson. a little. Yeah, Albert Wilson. <clears throat> okay, uh, but I was gonna just to put a a cap on nice little um, a bow tie on that last thought. Last draft. 
Melvin Gordon went in the 10th round, whereas Javante going in the sixth round, like where, where do you, where do you like not take Melvin Gordon if he falls that far? Just not the type of guy I take, you know, he's gotta go. I'd rather, I'd rather take Pollard. Yeah. He's got to fall past. He's got to fall into like what maybe Madison closer to like that Madison, James White, He's got to fall in, into the into that range because he's really not that different than than those guys. Yeah, right. same and same with like David Johnson. It's just I, I need like a thirty five pick discount. Pick discount. <laughs> like I need I need on the screenshot for it to be clear that that David Johnson hung around like three rounds too long, so no one gives me any grief about it. Make it clear that the room forced your hand into doing right. this. Yeah, it's very important. Oh, Mel- Melvin Gordon and David Johnson got to be like the Russell Gage of running backs. Right? Oh my like, God, the Russell are, Gage, the is, Russell Gage people are amazing. <laughs> who's taking these guys? Why are they all going in the tenth round? Uh, who is actually drafting these guys in the tenth round? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Some some people are taking Darnell Mooney Dave. in the eighth round after saying they weren't going to take him in the ninth. I mean, you're you're you're. I mean, I like Hardman Davis, but that's in the seventh a little rich. Dude, you see that pass? Did you see that catch he made today at practice? <laughs> this is what you're going to – what did you get? You got him. All right, yeah. ADP 90 took him 11 picks ahead of ADP. But this this draft is going way harder on wide receivers, though. We are already at, at the 9-10. We are already at the top of the queue being Gage, Bateman, Ruggs. Like it, this draft is annihilating. Wide it's, this, this, it's not a ship-chasing draft, though. Like I haven't felt punished for my early RB start yet. Well, we'll see about that, buddy. When I go back and check this you individual know how, league six months from now. <laughs> how, I, <laughs> you can name your leagues now, right? Yeah. 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 I do need to go through and, and name them. That would be fun and take forever probably. But that's just kind of badge life, guys. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> how do like, I, I not have a badge yet? I'm like, I'm I, like 100 drafts in. I like in the past, it, it was like how much money you had won. Um, and then that's why I got like, they had a black and they had a red. And last year I had the past two years I've had black, but this year I don't have any. I like this. I wish they would do it for like DraftKings. I think they have kind of an algorithm that kind of senses who's more of a best ball poser. And then they yeah. actually revoke. The yeah. oh, when you're not yeah. playing enough. <laughs> Again, I wish they would have this for DraftKings because I like, not being able to enter like $3 contests because I was so amazing in 2016. Like that, that's not. So you think you, you want to get, you want to get like refished back. Like you would, you would like, you would like to have a do you'd like to have a do over on your DFS career. It should be like a, like if this is how draft is doing it, it should be like, Oh gosh, I'm about to draft. Hold on. (laughs) Click. I was about to draft oh, Melvin Gordon. No, Dave. Dave, I was about to take him, bro. Party foul. Jeez. You were going to take um, Hurts or Melvin Gordon? I was going to take Hurts. Well, Melvin Gordon's still there if you want him. Uh, but, but yeah, like you, this should be like a, like a rotating or like your freaking flyer miles where like they reset at a certain, a certain time. Don't, don't punish us. Don't don't give us don't, like the the three bar pun- badge. Don't, don't punish uh, tournament player of the year 2013 soccer Dave for for his past winnings. It's not even yeah. It's not even that. Like you don't even have to be profitable. Like I think I've I think I've said this. Like 
I think last year was the only year that I have got a 1099 from DraftKings as opposed to like FanDuel almost every year. Yeah, I still prefer to play on DraftKings just because of the experience, but I would prefer a lot more if I could play in these low dollar contests. That's all I'm saying. Probably saying, guys. Maybe what they did, you know how like when you get much older, you sometimes have to take a driving test again to prove that you're, you know, capable. I feel like Dave should have to take a DFS test and yes. just to kind of see where he's at. And then he could he might get demoted back down to that's the- actually that's actually a great bit. Like Pete, that is a great bit. The DFS <laughs> test. Like, how yeah, have you not like already it, started setting up a video? I for bet the DFS Leonie test? And Dink would make a standardized test for kitchen at a heartbeat. They'd have a, a blast <laughs> creating that. <laughs> kitchen it, define be, leverage it would be yeah it would be like the dfs wonderlick like, the dfs wonderlick is good i think we should just send you on with blender on a, a a podcast and make you make you go blender will quiz you blender blender will definitely quiz you he puts yeah out you the can tweets. he puts out the tweets every saturday night during an nfl season you just have to get those get those right if you can if you can withstand an hour conversation with blender <laughs> you you uh you you actually don't get your badge anyone who tunes out on blender actually does get their badge all right i gotta remove uh, my badge then peter you just took gave the babe is that what they're calling them these days that's what i call them <laughs> So you've got uh, you've got Herbert as your QB. You're pairing him with um, uh, Keenan Allen so far, and it keeps on going. Keep, every pick it keeps on going to it my, keeps on my screen. Yeah, it keeps some on going people, to my screen. Some people just aren't built for this life, guys. And I think Kitchen might be someone he just can't handle the the flying pieces. All right, so go ahead and go ahead and give us a rundown of your team right now. No, I did. I you know I got the uh, I took Allen and Williams at cost, and then Herbert slides, which is something typical now. I feel like his ADP is always dropping a little bit. Uh, felt good about that, and then uh, just double tapped Bills wide receivers. You know they say Sanders is running ahead of Davis uh, right now, but when you grab both, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. And you with the uh, the Allen Beckham Sanders uh, wide receivers, fountain of youth over there. This is so brutal. This is so brutal right now. Tony Pollard never falls this far after ADP, but I can't take him because I have Zeke. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, David. I should have just I should have just done I should have just done the handcuff. I should have just done. I should have just done it. Really, they're complementary pieces. They can spike the same week. About it, if you really think about it. Zeke gets a hundred yards and a touchdown in the first half. Pollard gets a hundred yards and a touchdown in the second half as they blow out the Cardinals 45 to seven in week 17. That's the story. I tell myself every time on a stream, I handcuff my uh, running back every single time. It's actually a very unique build when you <laughs> handcuff your first round running back. Kitchen would like vomit if he thought about like how so, so like these strategies have gone that far. Like kitchen, have you even thought of the concept of, stacking your week 17 like like the double stack of like wanting your quarterback to have a bring back from the team they're playing in week 17 legit i brought this up last year last year i brought this up as far as stacking your two teams that you want to stack now does that mean that i've looked at the schedule this year for week 17 no it doesn't but i did i did bring up that last year and i brought up um backup quarterback in the 18th round okay. as well <laughs> with Andy Dalton. And that, yeah, I heard, uh, I heard, I heard, I heard Herzig was actually toying with that strategy too. 
<laughs> Let's just put it out there. True or not? True. True or not? What? You think it like that? He is he really toying with that strategy? No. Or is that the auto pick? No, I do. There, um, there does need to be more discussion about this idea, though, of taking players in the 18th round who are not selected that often, like starting to take like essentially random guys, because like you get down to that round and you're like, you know, Hunter Renfro is more or less drafted in like, let's say 80% of drafts or whatever. You scroll down a little bit further and you start talking about Cedric Wilson, Colin Johnson, Auden Tate, Freddie Swain, Mohammed, like whoever, whatever your, whatever your flavor of dude is there, there's like you, you are actually incentivized to take guys who are not selected in drafts that often. And I don't think people think of that at all when they draft. Yep. I, I, yeah, I, I don't mind getting weird with my late round pick. I, I, I think I took Mike Boone on a team with my 18th round pick the other day. I mean, I, I will lock in a minimum of one Mike Boone spike week this year. <laughs> I will absolutely guarantee that happens. There will be a week. It'll be like week nine and you and Pat are going to be doing ship chase. And you'd be like, you know, we have this zero RB team. Do we go 530 bucks on Mike Boone? Do we just go all <laughs> like, I just, I guarantee it, dude. Davis, hey. I need to, I need to hear, uh, you like Irv Smith over Gasecki? Yes, I am. I am super bull on Irv Smith. I wasn't, you and I was taking Brett Gasecki Devine. more. Dude, don't do that to me. No, not like that. <laughs> No, um, so like remember, remember the the Tyler Conklin FUD when Mike Zimmer was like, Oh yeah, we really like Tyler Conklin. And then um, first off, that was a lie. And then second of all, uh I actually saw this great tw- I don't remember if it was a thread or just one uh, an article from Graham Barfeld the other day about how Irv Smith actually played a lot of snaps last year anyways, and is like a, a fine blocker, like enough to be out there. But now that the other guys are the blockers, now that it's like your Tyler Conklin's and stuff and not your Kyle Rudolph's one, he should play more Two, There's like no competition for slot wide receiver. Like they're bringing in literally street dudes like DD Westbrook. And then I actually thought of this. I'm, I don't even have to, I mean, someone else has probably made this point, but Adam Thielen scored nine touchdowns inside the five yard line last year. I would bet so hard against that repeating. And Irv Smith Jr. is the obvious, would be the obvious beneficiary of those targets going elsewhere. Um, real quick, Eric, that uh, Christian Kirk pick was for you, buddy. I figured, I figured AJ Green got hurt. So now you're back. It, Christian, Kirk is, Christian Kirk is at camp and AJ Green got hurt this morning. But Leone we were- is Leone is triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Leone and Leone and Norris, they got to go sing Kumbaya for there. What a surprise! AJ Green not going to make it out of camp unscathed. What a what was the injury? Is it serious or no? What? Just okay. I mean, we don't we don't we don't know that, but they said. Cliff, Cliff said Cliff said because injury reports aren't mandatory until week one, he's not telling anyone anything. Game theory. Oh wow! Bro. Sterling Shepard just got sniped from me. Oh, I cannot believe bummer, it. dude. I can't. That's the, the first time in human it. history anyone ever said Sterling Shepard just got sniped from me. And now I'm going to take Ferkser. What's your plan with this team, Ferkser. bro? Like, what, what's Ferkser, <laughs> Jesus. The Ferk daddy, dude. If you don't take Darrington Evans, you're the fakest Titans fan of all time. <laughs> oh, this is a good battle. <laughs> Eric versus Kitchen for Darrington Evans. And and this actually Darrington team. You have the perfect the, Darrington. The team. correlation <laughs> even works for it because he has all the pass catching guys and not Derrick Henry. 
So what do we think of this Randall Cobb ADP these days? Is it me it's or is one, this it's one of It's one of the most absurd things in the history of fantasy sports. Uh, Silva, he is... Oh, so, oh, Silva, Silva like T.Y. Hilton last year. He doesn't know when to quit the old guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just said that basically... Um, when a quarterback demands like, like Rogers, he's going with like the hand in the dirt take of when a quarterback demands that your, uh, you know, his, his guy be traded to your team. And that's the guy he trusts. Then you also have to trust that guy. Why, why, why do I have to trust that when I think Randall Cobb can't really play anymore? We got to stop the, like, what was it earlier that Julio or whoever knows how good the, like, Michael Jordan is the, has been the worst GM in the history of the, the NBA. And he's the greatest basketball player of all time. We got to stop trusting these guys. Like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was mad that they disrespected what some of these dusty old vets. And then he demands, demands Randall Cobb get there. Why, why does that even, even matter at all? But if he's I, I, third and if he's third in targets, then there's a low volume offense that runs a lot. And Aaron Rodgers had a, like a 10.1% TD rate last year. His career rates like 6.5. It's yeah. But like, is it, what are uh, we doing? I think he, I think also that's like Randall Cobb's averaging 10 yards per catch over the past two seasons as well. That was also one of Silva's points, I believe. I mean, I mean, good for Randall Cobb. I, I don't know what you want. <laughs> you were asking a question, and the second, I, I gave the second, you. I the gave second you wide receiver. The OGs of the Swolecast reasoning, and uh, and you don't care. You're you are you are at it's well. It's not that I don't care. Like, I, of course, I love Evan. I I respect him, but I just would. There's not a talking point he could come up with that would get me to start drafting Randall Cobb. Davis, didn't you say? I think it was you that said this that I thought was, was really interesting. Like going into last year, we were not that hyped about the Packers, right? Rogers no, no one, been... no one, no one wanted him. No, like he Rogers... went in the fourth round of the Scott fishbowl, a super flex draft. Yeah. Rogers was like, we had, and I, you know, I'll hold my L, but like we had conversations like, is it over for Rogers two years ago? And he like legitimately looked bad. Now last year he was awesome. I get it. But like, this is a one year thing where he threw 50 freaking touchdowns. And now all of a sudden we're just like, yep, Packers are back. They're the best offense in the league. We got to draft. No, I, I was round. definitely, I was dancing on Roger's grave and it was a fun party and I would do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go to um, Eric's team. You're, you're running backs, Antonio Gibson, ETN Pollard, and then Hines as your fourth RB. I love your wide receivers. I'm a little worried about your running backs. <laughs> that, Actually, that, no, this is you you this is probably more running backs than you even normally take. Yeah, it is. I'll usually like we've talked about this before, but like when I take Gibson, a lot of the times I'll really just like <laughs> super, super late, like next four running backs. Like I'll take five in total and just figure it out later. But this was a really wide receiver heavy room, and so it like, like I said, ETN kind of fell into this pocket where it was like, like, you know, I know you took Odell there, but it's like, do I take ETN or, o, you know, Odell? I'm just going to take, for me, I'm going to take ETN there. How? And then Pollard, yeah, Pollard drops t- two rounds after he normally goes, you know, so I can't it was just kind him. of, a, so yeah, and Davis, yeah, and Davis couldn't get him. So just w- weird draft kind of. How, how broken are our brains, by the way, that we look at 
Eric's team with a backfield of Gibson, Etienne, Pollard, and Hines, and we're like, oh, that's good enough. Like, that can get him there. Like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, the the guy who reads the CBS Fantasy Football magazine on the way the to magazine his draft is, is, like, is like, like, that guy is like dry retching, thinking about spending money on a team with those running backs. And we're like, well, really, if you calculate the win rates and Heinz will get, you know, it's like, it's just so funny that even inside the same activity, like, it, like I mean, this is as extreme as a fantasy football strategy that I have ever seen gain even nominal acceptance inside of a part. Like this is more extreme than even the idea of like true zero RB in managed leagues, like, like hyper fragile running back strategies. Like the, I mean, it's really pushing to the idea that all that matters is first place and every other result is, is useless basically. And it's so different in best ball. That's what people really, yeah. really don't understand. And like your point is perfect because like the, in, it, people maybe haven't caught onto it enough in managed leagues, but like zero RB isn't crazy at all in managed leagues, dude, you get to pick up the best running back of the, on the waiver wire every single yes. week. If, if we just full stopped right there, you could literally make an easy argument for zero RB setting aside everything else in best ball. You don't get to pick dudes up. You need full, like you need to hit the lotto, right? You need to hit all this massive, massive parlay. So it is in, insanely extreme. Um, and yeah, trying to pitch that to the, yeah, the, the dude at Barnes and Noble reading Matthew Berry's, you know, reading, reading Peter via Matthew Berry, uh, you know, while sipping his coffee. It's not, it's not that, not that simple. It's not, it's not an easy sell. Well, the no. thing that's still fascinating is I do agree with Davis. We've seen a shift people embracing zero RB hyper fragile RB, and yet they're still doing it through a player specific lens right? Like the mm. whole point of all this is like, it's just the structure that saves you. You know, you're trying to admit that I don't know who's going to break out, but this structure gives me the best chance. And yet still all the discourse, even around these strategies is about the players themselves. It's like, you're missing the whole point. So we just had a, uh, I, I had a de decision I had to make. I had to go with either Darrington Evans or a guy that I'm absolutely loving in uh, late rounds. And that is Damian Williams. I went with Damian Absolutely Williams. Absolutely loving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, fresh legs. Fresh legs. Oh, last year. good. Good. Have not heard anyone I drop like that. that one yet. Yeah. Like fresh, it. fresh legs did not play last year. Obviously, um, you know, with Tariq Cohen injury concerns, this could be a guy that really steps up this year as uh, as a starter. So uh, I decided to take him and just leave the pass catchers with with ten thrill so dave you, you can tweet you can tweet that one and then you can use the exact same methodology but for darrington and just like yep. space these out a week right darrington oh was out dude you're was, engagement farming right now yes he is out <laughs> like most of last year he's got fresh legs and he's young and i'm not sure if you've heard derrick henry's had a lot of carries Big well, a little lot of a lot of Big wear and tear on the, it. Yeah. The curse of the curse of four hundred. Haven't you read Chris Football? Chris Harris's Football Almanac. Curse of four hundred, bro. That's it was like three hundred or then three fifty. Now it's four hundred. They just keep on moving it back for uh, for old years. That was that was the guy who told me Christian McCaffrey had small bones and that he should be the number three player in PPR. Dead legs and small bones would be the name of a good podcast. <laughs> That would be, As yeah. someone who's big boned, I uh, I would listen to that. All right, um, Davis, talk about your team real quick. I mean, this is just a pretty normal. Got the Burrow stack, got the Lance stack, 
got my hero RB start. I took a running back in round one. I took a running back in round two and then didn't take one until round 11. Bunch of wide receivers I like. Woods, Chase, Judy. I, I am, I'm leading the pump on Judy right now. I, can, I cannot get enough of this dude. I, I like, I'm just getting the vibe that he's about to unleash like an early career Antonio Brown season on us with like it's was just this before be like the Sutton like limping news that sort of thing so I did a I did a draft with Sean and Gretch a couple weeks ago and and Sean was like we should take Judy in the sixth round and I was like interesting and then I went back and looked at that 2018 Bama team and I was like Jerry Judy was the best player on this team and this is the best college football offense of all time. There'll never be another offense with that many first round picks on it. Bro, have you seen his routes? Yeah, Bro. been grinding the been grinding. Check the those tape. routes. Chris. Yeah, dude. Crispest yeah, route and, runner in the league. Me and Hayden Winks, me and Hayden Winks have met in the lab watching. Um, we actually get the film rolls delivered to our house and we watch them via projector because any other way of watching film is inorganic and you don't actually see the film is clear if you don't do that the who who are you rooting for to be his quarterback you want bridgewater teddy. 16 games teddy supported not one not two but three top 28 ppr wide receivers last year teddy hates gone too far if he so that i've used this mostly to support the panthers and and darnold but like the the panthers threw for 16 touchdowns last year if yeah. that, that do you know how many the Jets threw for? 16. <laughs> we look back at like the Jets being a total disaster, and they were obviously. But the Panthers supported all those dudes, right? They supported a, an RB1 and three stud wide receivers. And Teddy just couldn't throw a touchdown <laughs> in the in the red zone. What if he throws five more touchdowns, eight more touchdowns, 10 more touchdowns, right? Instead of kicking field goals or whatever. I think that we've gone a little too far with that the hatred of, of, of Teddy I think he can support some of these Broncos guys and like you said if Judy's the guy like why can't Teddy make Judy you know a first round pick next year yeah all right we're we're entering the uh the 18th round so um you guys were talking about getting weird with some of your picks I want to hear some of these weird 18th we round. want to see your weird you, 18th you're round on pick the clock you pick yeah. first yeah uh all right I'm gonna go weird and this guy listen he might not be a starter in camp, but I don't think they're giving up on him. Nikhil Harry, listen, oh, that is in the weird. 18th round, <laughs> this guy. Your, your ownership rate on Nikhil Harry is going to be like 5%, Dave. It's very that sharp. That did not disappoint. Oh, my <laughs> that God. Was that really was really good. Listen, we got to go off the, the, the way that the lineup construction is. There's not going to be too many people that have the Titans, Giants with Nikhil Harry I'll in give the 18th round. So I will give you that for sure. There you go. Um, all right. So Davis, you, you went, uh, Colin Johnson. Yeah. I'm Eric, pretty bullish on him. Cedric Wilson. Uh, someone went Kadarius Tony and I was going to do him, uh, but I already have enough giants. Kadarius Tony closer to getting cut than, uh, being a meaningful fantasy impactor this year. I but think. that's what it takes Davis in the 18th round. Like that's, you're not doing it for the safe play. You're doing it for the spike week. Akil Harry demanded a trade and he might have a better chance of being a contributor on his current team than Kadarius Tony does as a first, as a first round pick. He so is, bad, he dude. did demand a trade, but again, Eric, you're not grinding the news reports. Like I am today. He had a great <laughs> day at practice. I know Kadarius I saw... Tony did. 
No, Nikhil. No. Oh, yeah. Nikhil Harry. I was going to say, I would have definitely seen that because Giants fans are still in my mentions from yesterday. (laughs) All right. You went with Kenneth Gainwell, which is not exactly an off the radar pick, Peter. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I did this one as an olive branch to buy week Twitter. They would have looked at my hyper fragile team and said, Peter, you're going to only get one running back score in week uh, 13. You must draft someone else. So I did. But by then you're going to be 300 points ahead of us. You can't right? have those six, that negative six point differential. Guys, we literally um, timed this perfect. Like know, this, it was it, that was literally so good. Wait, you How, got somewhere to go, Davis? So then we're yeah, going to kind of recap no. all the teams. Right. And a, like, are, a we positive, gonna, are we going to saw some? It's pretty positive. Everyone like without Tuttle, like there was not uh, any sort of moment where we were almost canceled as a show. <laughs> like I, I really feel, really feel good about this, about my draft and um, how, how well the show has gone. So Kitchen, right. kitchen uh, by and yeah. for kitchen should have stopped at four running backs here. Right. But he had to do Damian Williams for the brand. Yes, that's correct. Also should Dave have stopped figure- at two quarterbacks. Dave hasn't figured out we're, we're it's early for Dave. He hasn't figured out these basics of best. I mean, I couldn't stop at two quarterbacks because I, I wanted uh, Daniel Jones. He so. had to get the giant. He had to get the <laughs> giant. Stack. This was because this I already was- had. I had Saquon Galladay and Evan Ingram. I'm not going to leave those guys stranded on my team without their leader. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something vaguely insightful and you go, I couldn't stop at two running backs. I had to get Daniel Jones. No, two quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I'm gonna not going to leave. A... I'm not going to leave them on an Island without their leader. They got to like, because obviously if all those guys are smashing, Daniel Jones is smashing too. How did, right, how did I do right, a hyper fragile build and end up with better wide receivers than kitchen? How did that happen? <laughs> kitchen kitchen was the, I I've always wondered who's the guy taking Brandon cooks in every draft. Cause I've never done it. Mm-hmm. David, Dave, there's your answer. The guy, the guy who shows up with to. his buddies. Like that was, that was the pick that I felt the worst about, but like I couldn't, I had to draft a wide receiver at that. And that was, a guy who might give me one spike week, you know, maybe two <laughs> spike week. Spike week from your eighth round pick. Yeah. Amazing. I don't need Truly too many. With, I don't need too many with Kenny G and and the Titans guys. So we need to do the best ball aptitude test for kitchen ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This, this we got to do this every week until the season starts so for kitchen fun. drafts a team we should put this team against the team that uh Tuttle and i drafted and uh the other that was just absolutely ridiculous <laughs> wait that was Tannehill and uh, daniel jones team what well. is your what is your exposure on Tannehill right now uh, <laughs> well, of the lot. two dra- of the two drafts he did, Ryan Tannehill's on both of them, so a hundred percent, a hundred percent small sample size. Uh, that that team had uh, Kenny Galladay, AJ Brown, Waddle, uh, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> there you go. So, all right, Davis talked. Davis Davis talked earlier about every report from the Giants is that they are the worst team ever. They have dudes retiring. Their quarterback is getting kitchen on the bottom full stack files, and Davis one hundred percent in on the Giants. Listen, didn't we hear that about the Jets a couple of years ago as well? And they, they had a 
few good fantasy assets as well. You can't if you're just going by the news every day, then <laughs> your teams We're, are just gonna be. Wait, aren't you the guy that passed up on Tyler Boyd because of one blur? You have to Joe know. Burr? You have to decipher, Peter. You got to decipher. <laughs> What's real and what's fake? I mean, it's just like it's. I've I've seen this take lies. I mean, what? How do you this tangled web? Dave weaves with his justification. No, Davis, you understand this take. What take? <laughs> that you, <laughs> I don't even know where you're going. I literally don't. No, that even, you like, have to. You have to like you yourself have to decipher what is true and what is not with these camp reports. Well, sure, but I I've seen this yeah. take floating around that. Um, like, oh, you shouldn't pay too much attention to camp news. Like, you'll really lose that way. And it's, like, literally the worst take of all time. It's, like, you will get these, like, very important updates on things. Like, where, like, if you're just ignoring them, you're just pissing away, EV. Like dead legs. I mean, even if something as simple as, like, oh, Kirk is back at practice and is playing outside or, or playing the slot, right? Or it's, like, something as simple as that. You're, like, well, if Christian Kirk is going to play 70% of the snaps for the Cardinals, I want to draft him all the time. Do you think right? Christian Kirk is going to play 70% of this? I don't know, but I know Cardinals? that you need to be, I you know that you need to be tuned into every amazing acrobatic catch that McCole Hardman makes, or you're just going to lose. How much um, Rondell Moore do you have Davis? Uh, here I will check. I probably not a ton. Probably. I, I bet like 15% or something. You know, you know what you need to do with Rondell Moore. I haven't drafted on, DraftKings in a while and I think he's going oh. up on dra- on drafters too Davis you probably know better than me but I'm not saying don't draft Rondale on underdog because I because I have I mean if dude, you like any time, rookie wide receiver Rondale was going in like the 14th round yeah. on DraftKings for the longest time and he never ever ever rose up so if you want to get and he's a, he's a perfect fit for DraftKings scoring yeah I so in a weird way I'm a lot of the times I'm ready to start taking quarterbacks running backs and tight ends where Rondale goes because a lot of the time I have seven wide receivers by then so it's not that I don't like maybe I just need to start taking him a little bit earlier maybe I just need to pop the ceiling on it and just say I'm taking him in the 10th round or whatever all right rugs that will do it for the yes Wolcast. listen if this show has helped you out with your strategy your process go ahead and hit that subscribe button the like button on the show Follow all these guys for their uh, their takes, even if they're uh, they're telling other touts, uh, the <laughs> tout telling takes. Uh, so, and also, if you're listening on the podcast, leave us a good review. I haven't I haven't even ventured over to the podcast to see some of the reviews lately, but uh, I can only imagine what they are right now. Um, and I think that that will pretty much do it. Final no one thoughts. is covering best ball other than the Swolecast. Oh, and SpikeWeek.com. And uh, I'll put a I'll put a plug in uh, tonight on ship chasing. Bime four is joining us. We're going to draft a a big dog team on underdog live tonight around uh, nine forty five. If you want to hop in that draft or watch us draft that, a Derrick Henry team. Very nice. Uh, anything else you got? <laughs> I don't. Okay, Eric. Yeah, spikeweek.com. Best ball Discord. Nobody besides the Swolecast is doing it more than. Uh, and spike week yeah. it's a, it's a, a, a swolecast discord would just be too much it would be um be like six dudes who are all asking where the man's is it would be like <laughs> mod, it would be like a moderator's nightmare uh if we ever had a discord for the swolecast davis final thoughts 
you know, just keep drafting those Tennessee Titans super sacks. Just make sure, you know, Furkser, Des Fitzpatrick, Josh Reynolds, just make sure. Racy McMath. Whoever that is. Yeah. The next Julio Jones. He's like Julio Jones light. So got it. um, Yeah. When you're the second highest scoring offense in the league and then you add Julio to your team. Yeah. You might want to pay attention. Rocket ships. Yeah. Right. I want to apologize on behalf of the guys, Justin Herzig for, for calling him a fish for his drafting strategies. Uh, Justin, we love you. We love everyone else who is watching and listening to the show. We love our producer, Devin, and we will see you next time next week here on the Swolecast on roadgrinders.com.